0: Hello there! Welcome to Almost Thirty Podcast. Hi everybody! Welcome to the show. It's Lindsay and Krista. Thank you for being here. It's another day, another another day. I was gonna say another day, another dollar, another dollar. <laughs> Lindsay and I have been together recording in Los Angeles for the past week
1: now, and I am about to morph into. I know a I'm ready for it. A <laughs> beast. At the end of the week. I'm after, like, give me one more intro. Dude, give me one more. <laughs> I'm about to get wildly weird. It's at the end of the week after we record for probably six plus hours a day. There's a part of you that dies. Wants to jump. <laughs> yeah, truly. It's just your brain. Pa- like yeah. the amount of brain capacity it takes to do interviews and be in conversation and feel like you want to be. Yes. You know, making sense and clear and cohesive and saying things that feel true and authentic to you and also making people feel comfortable and all this stuff is is so much energy. Yeah, it's a lot of energy.
0: Yeah, I've lost control of part of my
1: mouth. We had to redo. We did an intro three times because my lips were not moving up. Like I was trying to make sounds, but the lips (laughs) weren't
0: participating in what I was doing. It's so wild. I'm sure people can relate. Like if you're... Say you're like leading a meeting or you're whatever and you're like not either your energy's low, you're not warmed up, mm-hmm. or whatever. It could just be a fucking disaster. Disaster. <laughs> so bear with us. Okay? Bear with us. We're happy you're here though. I just wanted to congratulate you because Life Edit 2.0 is fire. The Life at is so fire. It's my favorite thing I've ever
1: done. So the Life Edit program was something I launched a year ago, and it really was inspired by the feeling that I had that within our space, we have this emphasis to visualize our dream life and to manifest all of these things and to bring more into our life. And I really wanted to kind of flip that on its head and encourage people to take small actions towards their manifestations or take actions actually in there every single day towards their visualizations. Rather than just visualizing, it's mm-hmm. like, where's the actual tangible action we can take every single day to bring our dream life into reality? And the Life Edit is that program. The 1.0 version was incredible, but this 2.01, me and the team, the girls on our team, worked so hard behind the scenes to make it more user friendly, to have many edits available for people to purchase on their own. And it has hundreds of pages of research and more tips, more information, more robust insight that will really support people and not only taking the small steps and also from an energetic perspective, really feeling the changes they're making in their life, but also to see from the research Mm -hmm. and from the neuroscience
0: how it all makes sense to encourage them to keep going. Yep. No, it's so amazing. And I think, again, people, until they're actually going into their life and making these changes, there's a very cloudy picture of how you create the life Mm -hmm. because these little tiny habits whether it's I mean cleaning your apartment cleaning the drawers cleaning out the old getting rid of old clothes for example sounds like okay but there's an energetic to what's being cleared that you don't feel until after but after I mean there's so much room for the new to come in and it's totally felt it gives you this like jolt of energy, jolt of confidence. And you don't realize where you're being blocked until you really get in there and kind of tinker around and do these, do these very specific things. It's huge. You know, what I did at the beginning when I was ideating
1: on the program was kind of worked back from the visualization that I had. It's like, okay, so if my dream life is me living in Malibu, I look like this, I'm wearing this, this is my job and my work okay, so that feels so far to go from an apartment to a $50 million home Mm -hmm. (laughs) living in Malibu. What like actually could I do today? Mm -hmm. And so say that was me wearing silk pajamas, like feeling really luxurious in my silk pajamas at my house. I can buy those today, thankfully. So buying the silk pajamas or how does her morning routine look? What kind of things is she eating? What kind of things is she incorporating? How does her pantry look? How does her underwear drawer look? What are things that I could actually do right now or I have control of right now that I could take to get closer to that dream life and feel like I'm building that momentum because dreaming and visualization actually I don't think is enough. I think you need to either match it with the elevated emotion that you're creating through the momentum or through the action that you can take within the life edit. So the life edit has six modules within it. So there's six edits that hit all areas of your life. So there's six realms of clearing and space making You can buy each of the edits a la carte, or you can get them all through the larger life edit program. So there's a relationship edit, a mental edit, a digital edit, a finance edit, a wellness edit, and a spatial edit. So if one of them calls you more than the other, you can start with one of those edits. And some of them are more tactical than others. Some are more energetic and more things like within the relationship edit where it's a practice or principle that you hopefully use for the rest of your life. Mm That you will see changes happen over time, but it's not going to be something like within the spatial edit where you're cleaning out your pantry, you know, so there's various things ranging from the super tactical to the super woo woo within it. And it's been the thing that's really made my life what it is today. And I'm so proud that it's out and that it's just better than ever. Mm, Where can people find it? So it's almost30.com slash the dash life dash edit. You can search life edit almost 30 and you can get any of the a la carte edits or the larger program there. Beautiful.
0: Amazing.
1: Yes. And today's episode with my girls, Jordan and Jenna. So I've done an episode with Jordan and Jenna before, I think probably a year ago at this time. So it was really beautiful to get to sit together in person. Jordan and Jenna are some of my closest, dearest friends. I love them so much. I would say in my life, they're the only successful threesome friendship that I've probably ever had. (laughs) Threesome friendships have Mm -hmm. always been a little hard for me over time. Yeah, it's just hard for us to feel like we trust one another, like there's never competition, like people aren't getting closer to one another. Why do you think it's successful? Because we are so self-aware at this point and we have so much love for one another and we're so grateful and we're so communicative. And we understand the dynamics are different. I think that was another thing too, is when you get older, you have to just realize that dynamics within relationships are different. Like as an example, with some friends, I'm much more cuddly. With some friends, I'm much more goofy. Some friends, I'm much more serious. Like everyone's just a little different with everyone else. It's kind of like when two different ingredients are mixed together, you Mm -hmm. get a different concoction. So understanding that we're all going to have different dynamics within our relationship is, is really huge. And then being actual friends outside of anything related to work. I think all of our our friends that I'm friends with now, we actually don't talk about work a lot. We kind of really just get to like the truth of who we are and what's going on with our lives. Mm-hmm. And so to actually have like a genuine, true friendship based on the actual person has been really powerful. But they have the biggest hearts and they've been really the there for me over the past year or so through my separation. And I can't, you know, thank them enough for being the people that always were touching base even when it was like not necessary or even when you would have thought that nothing was happening because I'm the type of friend that people don't check up on because I'm usually really good. So it was really nice to have Mm -hmm. people just regularly checking in on me even when you're good. It's like the, the meme check in with your strong friends. I just really appreciated how much they were on top of it. So this conversation is really, really beautiful. It's like a normal Jenna, Jordan, Krista conversation. But it's also really unique because we're all at different phases in our lives where I am just going through a separation and Jordan's gone through a really hard transition in her life with her mental health. Um, She's someone that is deeply sensitive. She's a deep feeler and she's struggled a lot with her physical health through Lyme disease and multiple other issues. But right now in this phase and period of her life, she's really struggled with her mental health. So being able to kind of work through that process and really peel back the curtain on mental health and how people struggle. And for people from the outside might look at Jordan and not think about that or might not perceive that. But it can be really, really hard even for people who we think have the most perfect lives.
0: Oh, yeah. And as a new mom, too, that's a whole transition in itself.
1: Yeah. So in this episode, we talk about helping others grow, helping your friends see their patterns, helping your friends work through uncomfortable feelings. We talked about living in our hearts. I think this is something that in culture and society, and the spirituality space, people talk about a bit, but what does that actually mean? What does that feel like? We also talked about surrendering to your deepest desires, steps to support getting into your deepest desires and really feeling and embodying that And we talked about meeting the universe where you are. So how can we really meet the universe to co-create a life that we love instead of getting lost in the spirituality space with all the words and the language and the jargon? How can we just get that one-on-one direct access to co-create what we want instead of following other
0: people's blueprints? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the truest of the true huge (laughs) the internet the internet's just only blueprints social media is just only looking at literally i said that the other day i was like i'm so like i can't copy another fucking template it's crazy like what people are doing in reels or this that it's like so hard and reels
1: actually have templates now you see that it's funny how like words mean things so in reels you can actually use someone else's template so if someone has a dope reel it actually gives you the opportunity to use that exact template. And I think that too with TikTok, when it's weird to think that we're just repeating other people's words and doing motions. Yeah, It's funny. Like I find so many TikToks hilarious and the humor and creativity is really powerful, but
0: it really is the perfect medium for just... Totally. But it also, I think for me, like doesn't challenge me or... I'm able to access my creativity. Yes. So it's like, it's just, yeah, it's super, super interesting. But same goes for spirituality where it's like, do it this way, manifest this way. And yeah. Yeah. And this this is is what you should desire. mm -hmm. Because most people, if you think, a lot of them are like,
1: I want to do a podcast. I want to do a course. I want to do these things. And that's such a limited range of abilities to create or things to create in the world. I mean, think about this world is endless. And everyone's sort of kind of vying and pying for the same type of thing and the same type of expression. And there's so much more opportunity that we have as humans. But I think if we're just spending all of our time looking at everyone else's blueprint, we don't really even know what's possible. Yeah, so true. You know. So, so true. So this is a good one. So Jordan can be found at The Balanced Blonde on Instagram. And then Jenna is at Jenna Zoe. And she's from My Human Design, which is a human design app that is incredible. You can check out your human design information on the app or on her Instagram at my.humandesign.
0: Thank you all for listening. Be sure you're subscribed to the show and make sure to check out our other podcasts, our baby morning microdose. This was birthed after a walk Krista and I took, and we just wanted to be able to bring the best of almost 30 to you first thing in the morning, five days a week, where you can really set the tone for your day, be inspired, laugh, get curious, everything in between. It's so good. We love you guys thank you
1: for being a part of our community if you want more from jenna and jordan you can also search jenna jordan almost 30 to find another episode we did together jenna has a few episodes with me jordan has a few episodes
0: with us that you can also dig into thanks so much see you on the other side enjoy Okay, and it's clinically proven to improve skin elasticity immediately. It's visibly firming your skin and makes the skin feel more sculpted and toned, which we love. It's so amazing Three zero pod A30-POD for 10% off. I think we've all been
1: talking and hanging out so much, which has been so beautiful. And, you know, we've been witness to each other's processes in the past couple months. And I know you've been feeling really anxious and you've been struggling with anxiety and panic. What do you think the reason is for that?
2: Yeah, it's such a good question. Thank you so much for asking. And when I arrived today, I was feeling very panicky and I was sharing that with you guys and I could barely get this podcast started because my heart was beating out of my chest and it feels like this really uncontrollable feeling where you're chasing the train and you're not on the train and it's so painful and scary and I'm not used to feeling that way and normally I feel like I can be really articulate and even if I'm having a hard day, I can harness the energy into my body. But over the last four or five months, my energy is out in the ethereal world. And I'm just trying to call it back in all Mm -hmm. the time. And it's very hard for me to really get grounded in a situation. And it comes from so many things. Part of it, I think, is postpartum anxiety, the way that I've shared with you guys. And if there's anyone listening who thinks postpartum anxiety can only happen right after you've had a baby, the way that I thought, I was good for 12 months like I was like the happiest I had ever been and then around the time when my son turned one I just didn't feel like myself anymore and so this was related to postpartum but it was also related to being a mom and having so much more on my plate and even though being a mom is the best part of my life. I didn't take any time to reevaluate the rest of my life which is my career and I was just living the way that I had always lived before I had this other precious being to take care of and then of course there was psychedelic therapy and getting to the root of a lot of childhood trauma that I had blocked out and one day I will talk a lot more about that um So I really believe the body knows before the mind knows. And so my body just started to panic all the time. And I lived in one big panic attack for like six weeks from the beginning of January 2023 until basically last week. So I'm still coming out of that. Do you guys feel this way? Yes.
3: I feel like a lot of people... It's amazing to me that you know what's going on and you can see it when it's happening. Mm -hmm. Because I think so much of the time, especially now with like all the mental health stuff, there's so many people who are like, I feel anxious, but I don't know how I got here or where it's from or what the cause is, or I feel depressed or I feel panicky or, you know, I think everyone's having those kind of feelings or has been through a time where they've had those feelings, but it's so hard to trace if you're not already aware that the train's leaving without you. Do you know what I mean? Because then you're just, you're not even Aware of the cause and effect, you know what I mean. Well, I think definitely. That's a lot of people are.
2: So thank God for that analogy because yeah, that, that helps me as well. I've been there. I'm like, damn I'm just, it! I'm just I will learning. see you leave, and I'm
1: like, fuck. I know, and but, it's a good analogy because you never can catch it. Like, no, it's like, not like it's on foot so you can gone. catch a freaking train. Yes, that's yes, how it
2: feels. Yes, but you guys are both so grounded and present. I really feel.
1: I feel like I've gotten more. I think later in my life but I definitely don't always feel it but I always feel like I have that desire because whether it's good or bad like it is so scary to not feel like you're in control of what you're saying or what you're doing but I think it's really underrated how hard it is to be a public figure that's speaking publicly all the time Mm -hmm. like how many eyes you have on you and how much information is shared by people that's accessible over time even like if you do a podcast once a week that's like an hour and a half of you speaking with someone that people can tap into so yeah I totally relate and I know that's also been something that this year in the past couple months has been super hard is something that you've struggled with as far as like a mental health perspective and I think a lot of people don't really see see that and it's something that people can't see what I've realized too is that there's just these moments of like when you feel unaligned and then there's the moments of feeling aligned and it's not always like just feeling super good and feeling like you're in flow and feeling like everything's working and feeling like if you do all of these spiritual practices or things that it will get you to that there's always just an opportunity to really see and know yourself more and I think that's what's been so beautiful about this process in witnessing you is like how tender you've been and how loving you've been and how desire of your wholeness and happiness you've been you know a lot of people would mm, not have I think the kindness that you've offered yourself and even the people around you through the process thank you so much Mm -hmm. I'm
2: trying doing everything I can and I'm happy we're talking about it because as hard as it is to talk about and form words around. I know people deal with this and I'm just going through it in real time. And I have such faith, like I was telling both of you last night, that it's all gonna be for the best. These things only happen when we're brave enough to, to go into the depths. So that's what I'm doing. It's just the next layer of awakening and peeling everything back.
3: And it is amazing how you say that, because it is true that there's nothing we can do that's going to negate the human experience. Like we're all going to get challenged. We're all going to have things that come up out of nowhere when you think everything's going well. And it's that dance between all the different aspects of the human experience. But it's like, we always want to pretend that we're fine all the time, or we want to pretend that we've like got the handle of life and we understand the keys and You know, and then there's like a humbling that comes when it's like our next level. But you're amazing because you're saying that you're at a rock bottom, but also excited about it, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that's really amazing to see.
2: Thank you. Yeah, that's kind of the story of my life. I hope to emerge from the dark with, with a lot of light and a lot of learnings and teachings. I have a lot of Capricorn in the 12th house. Everything is 12th house transformation and I have so much going on there and so that's my life path is to learn to bring it to the light but it's hard and so thank you guys for oh my just gosh of course
1: chatting with me about it and you know yeah I think that's it's like you're just being in this process it's I relate to it so much because I'm I am one of those people too where it's hard for me to talk about something that's not on my heart or if I have something on my heart mm-hmm. it's hard to like because then you kind of go into more, it's not the ego, but it's just like a part of you that's like, okay, we're going to be talking about this thing, but I really have this thing on my heart.
0: Yeah.
2: That like and needs to
1: be a let go. Mm-hmm.
2: I think what happened with me is that I did that for so long. So when I was saying earlier that I was pretending to be okay, I wasn't pretending that to anyone but myself. I was just pretending to be okay yeah. with myself. And so it's like, yeah, I can show up. I can talk about anything. I can talk about spiritual awakening, channeling, aliens, relationships. But this feeling became so loud that it's like, I can't anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I remember when I was in a phase of panic attacks and anxiety and like my darkest mental health times, it really was like the biggest wake up call for me in my life of where i was living like not in my truth but where i thought i was you know mm-hmm. or i was living someone else's truth or someone else's path or someone else's blueprint and i'm grateful for that and it's but in the, when you're in it you're like oh my god my mind is in control and i felt like the feeling of not wanting to wake up because my mind would then be there it would start the thoughts and the process and i'm like i would wake up and be like and it'd be, it would click in, I'd be like, fuck.
2: Exactly. We're doing it again. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can wake I was wake... like, oh, you're here again. <laughs> yeah. You can wake up feeling fine and good, but then it's that split second. I talk about this with my therapist of like, yes, but where are the bad thoughts? Yes. And then they come. And according to my therapist, that's all it takes is that feeling of, but what if I'm not okay? You can be
1: okay. Mm-hmm. And then you think, but what if I'm not? And that's kind of what panic is. Mm-hmm. I love what you said about things happen when you're strong enough for them. And I'd love to hear from both of you, you know, what are some things in your life that you felt like have happened to you because of like your strength or your growth
3: that was hard that you've been through? I think it's one of those things that, you know, when you feel that something's coming to you, but you're not ready to face it yet. Yes. Just to bring it down to like a super micro moment. Because obviously it's one thing to talk about, you know, like big breakups. And I think it's there's more conversation around those things. But I also feel like just to bring it into the micro, it's like, you know, when there's like that little thing that you don't really want to look at, and then it gets bigger and it gets bigger and it gets bigger and it gets bigger. I think it's just like a simple energetic thing of like, when you feel strong enough to look at it is when you look at it. Do you know what I mean? So then if you take that to the bigger things, it's the same rule follows like everybody knows like okay when you're really okay with admitting that you binge drink or something you know what I mean okay that's not a small thing either but like okay you scroll too much on your phone that's easy to admit when you feel like you're in a place of okay I can kind of so then if you imagine like energetically it's the same thing too when the universe is never going to give you something that you can't handle because that's just violating the rules of physics and in Kabbalah they say that the solution is always created before the problem so the agenda of the universe to even give you the problem is to lead you to the solution. Do you see what I mean? And so if you believe in like divine timing and perfect unfolding mm-hmm. of your life and that there's some kind of design to it that we're not in control of, I do think that it's lined up in a way that, okay, well, when it's teased up to you is when it can happen because otherwise it just can't happen. You know what I mean? Like frequency has to match. So when I think about that, it gives me a lot of faith in the sense that it's maybe only ever my mind that, that believes I can't overcome it. And that's from, you know, conditioning or from passed down fears or just fears in the collective at the moment. It's a very fearful time to be alive. So I just always, I think that trust really brings it back to me of like, there's a soberingness to it where it's like, no, this is the law. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This Mm -hmm. is how things work. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I rest on that a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's always nice to have something to rest
1: in, whether it's the divine timing of your life or God or the universe or whatever it is. It's like, what can you always have as your foundation? Mm -hmm. Whatever it's your spiritual practice. That's why I think having a spiritual practice or having something that, you know, really can center you and ground you. And for me, it's like having something that isn't just me, before I would maybe feel like, okay, I have to make this happen. I have to make my destiny Mm. come true. I have to make Mm. my, you know, it's like, I'm irresponsible and this is on me. Mm. And there's fear behind that and there's control behind that. And now it's like, whoa, it's not just me. Like it's in the actual more I can be in receivership of that rather than directorship is like the best thing because... In my life, I create so much energy that sometimes I think it actually prevents things from coming in wow. because I'm just like creating like as a generator, <laughs> I'm creating so much that there isn't this space for things, yeah. you know, for me to receive and and rest in in that with full trust and surrender.
3: It's almost like we block it because yes. we're like scared of what could happen or not happen. And we just don't want to live in the unknown. But the truth is, the unknown is real. Whether we're doing a thousand things or not, like it's all unknown. Yes.
1: It's funny so that we true. think it's not. You know, like yeah. we're like, why? I, there's a part of me subconsciously that thinks that. I'm like, no, I'm in control of
2: my future. I like, yeah, I of know. Of course, you know. Yeah.
3: It's that's in- how we talk. Yes, it is.
2: it is. It's interesting to hear you both talking about this because it's a reminder to me that we're not in control Mm -hmm. and panic and anxiety is that feeling of feeling out of control. But in the moments when I really remember everything that you both are talking about, we're co-creating with the universe all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that I lived my life for a really long time before I started feeling this way. And to be honest, I've had anxiety my whole life, but I also have been very fearless my whole life. So to tap back into that fearless side, I always trusted people would say, yeah, you know, how do you know it's going to work out? Like I started blogging before blogging was an industry. I left grad school to pursue blogging full time before I had made hardly any money. And I was just fearless and doing that. And it's because I trusted the universe Mm -hmm. just inherently. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be a super spiritual person to to feel that and to believe that. It's just an inner no. So that's what I'm trying to get back to now. Mm. And yeah, this is such a healthy conversation to have because I'm like, yes, my best friends are right. And they're brilliant. <laughs> like we're co-creating with the universe. Yes. Jenna knows so much about Kabbalah and these mm-hmm. teachings. Like I have access to this stuff, too. Of course, mm-hmm. we all do. We can all read the text. We can mm-hmm. all. Mm. Listen to the teachings, but when you're feeling, and I guess for everybody listening, out of control Mm. of your mental health or your physical health, and I've had both, Mm. neither are fun. I'm not sure which is worse. I think (laughs) mental health is worse. Um, Maybe I feel that because that's just what I'm going through Mm. right now. I'm sorry. Physical health is so hard, too. We all have access, and then we forget. So, yeah,
3: we got to remember. The fact that you forget when you're in it is just you know what I mean We I think when that thing just like takes over your life you can have all the people saying this and this and that it's you just have to sit with it you know what Ride I mean the and wave. that's what you're really with, you
2: know life is a huge ocean mm. like I was telling you the other day Jenna I think it's the snapshot of the ocean mm. and if you take a snapshot of the ocean at any given time it's always changing yeah but we look at it we take that snapshot And then we want to have control. So we're like, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. But then you look back and it's a completely different ocean. Yeah. If this makes sense. Yeah. And so I like get so attached to the one thing, the one wave. But to really ride the flow of life is what it's all about.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was, I've been thinking lately how good I feel. And I was like thinking the other day, I was like, oh my God, I remember this time last year I was feeling like makes me emotional. Think about it like at my very low, one of my very lowest. And I was like, wow, that was then and this is now. And there's gonna be and I was thinking about my life and I was like, my life's gonna get better and better. <laughs> and then I was like, no, it's probably not. <laughs> like it might get better and then it might get worse. And then it might get better and it might get worse. And that's just part of our human experiences is, is being part of that. And when you grip onto the wanting, you know, things to not change or wanting things to be the same. But it's interesting. I have this like journal that I got from somewhere and I've been writing in it every day. And it's like, what's one thing that you wish would happen today? It's been funny because I've been writing in it for two weeks. And the things that I'm writing that I wish would happen are not happening. <laughs> and other good things have been happening. And I'm like, wow, this is so hilarious. Because I'm even in the smallest way gripping energetically to having these same things happen. Cause a lot of them I'm I'm repeating. I'm like, I want this to happen. I want this to happen. And it's just been so interesting to watch where I'm like, wow. I am really just constricting the universe from giving me what I want by being so attached to it looking a certain way Mm -hmm. and being a certain way. Mm -hmm. You
3: know what I mean? Yeah. I never know what I want. I second guess it all the time because I'm like, how do I know? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I just think I want something now, but how do I know I definitely want it? How am I choosing this? What selection am I even giving myself? What if there's a whole pick and mix and I just don't even know? But I do think that the wanting energy is kind of nice in the sense that I think when you're wanting in a space of non-attachment, I think that's when the universe can like play with you more. So you're like, I want like bigger, more, help me, give me, receive me, show me what you got. Like, I'm just wondering out loud. I wonder if it's you getting loads of other good things is tied mm-hmm. to the fact that you're just even opening up to yeah. the energy of wanting, you know? Because mm-hmm. I think also we have such a negative connotation sometimes with wanting, where it's like, well, you shouldn't want, especially in the spiritual circles, like you shouldn't really want things, or like you should want and figure out what you want and whatever. And I wonder if it's just this like, we are a spark of the light. We're always going to want to expand. That's in the fabric of our being. And so opening back up to that part of our divinity is when we become more like the light and then the light comes mm-hmm. in and helps us mm-hmm. yeah when we grip so hard on the
2: things that we want and i did this for so long because i wrote my first book like eight or nine years ago breaking vegan and breaking vegan classic and i think we talked about it like six years ago on this mm-hmm. podcast and for eight years what i've wanted was to write another book but then I kept blocking myself from other things because I was focusing on that and I don't think the book was ready to come through. And there were so many other good things happening in my life, but I couldn't really enjoy them to the fullest because what I wanted the most, quote unquote, wasn't happening right? I wasn't putting enough focus, I wasn't making it happen. Yeah. I think it's just another way that we can beat ourselves up. Yeah. So well, I'm learning a lot from this conversation already. Like letting go of that tight grip which is the attachments yeah and that's the yogic way of life is to Mm -hmm. live unattached
3: i forget where maybe you guys have seen it as well when it's like well the flower isn't always growing there's a time when it goes back into the earth and stuff so i feel like with wants it's like we think we have to always be in a space of wanting otherwise we're not going to get anything but then i also think like underneath there's a few soul wants that are just going to always be your wants for your life right so yours is always going to be being a writer and using words and creating and that doesn't have to change you have to start wanting a house and a dog and a this and a that you know what I mean like there's such a difference between yeah. like being true to the soul wants versus like every day I have to think about what I want. totally so stressful totally so maybe that's where the space of non-attachment is is like I know there's these three or four things that will form the arc of my life but how it plays out and the detail and like Whether it's 25 fiction books first and then a nonfiction book for you or what order it comes in or, you know, that's the stuff that.
2: And to also know that being a writer is what I do every day. Mm. I blog, I write to my community every day. But I wasn't allowing myself. I'm like, no, I'm not a writer because I haven't written a book in all these years. Mm. You can be a writer and it is my deepest soul want. Mm. And you're totally right. And I think everybody listening should think about what their deepest soul want is. Mm. And then are you giving attention to that or not? Because if you're not, maybe that's what's causing anxiety.
3: Yeah. Maybe
1: I'm talking to myself, you know? Yeah, I think about that. It's like you being a writer and then wanting to write a book. It's so important because I hear a lot of times people will say, they're like, I want to impact people. I want to empower women. I want to you know, do these things. And like, how are you already doing that in your life? And I think so many people are already living out their soul desires in so many ways, but they're not seeing it or allowing themselves to see it. And even for me with my, where I live, like for so long, I was like, oh, I hate where I live, blah, blah, blah. It was like my identity to like hate where I live. And then I was like, what would be what I would want in my space, like my dream space. And then I was like, oh, it's, A lot of natural light, a lot of new amenities, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I'm already living into so much of that in this space. And how can I see the aspects that are already aligned rather than obviously looking at the unaligned parts of us?
0: As our listener, you are going to get a discount plus a free thermometer, baby. Use code ALMOST30 at naturalcycles.com to get 15% off an annual subscription plus a free thermometer. That's naturalcycles.com. You're going to use the code ALMOST30 to get 15% off an annual membership and a free thermometer. Okay, I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app, Superhuman. Superhuman. I would
1: love to talk a little bit about like, so if people are listening and they want to loosen the grip and they want to surrender to life and they want to surrender their deepest desires and manifestations, it kind of be hard because in our space, we're so much about like the lists or Mm -hmm. the manifesting or the visualizations. What would you guys suggest for people as steps to support them?
3: The first thing that comes to mind for me is I think it's easier to trust that you're going to receive when you're doing your part of giving. And I think it's wonderful to want to impact people or empower people or whatever, but you almost have to start at the small thing that you love doing and stop putting pressure on like, well, I can't just be obsessed with paper clips because that's not going to get me anywhere. Or I can't just be into gardening. So it has to be this like grand, amazing, pitch perfect. I want to impact women or I want to whatever. Jeff Bezos just started selling books on the internet. Do you know what I mean? The thing that makes it a big dream is your excellence and the energy that you bring to it consistently in the way that you hold yourself to high standards and that you give. Because I do think that receiving, I've been in places where I'm just like, I'm going to receive from the universe, like universe show me what you got, but I'm not meeting it at points where it can come and meet me. So I'm getting lost in the spiritual jargon and just hoping and praying that I'm co-creating, but which we are, but co means you do yours, right? So The blogging every day or the whatever, like the small dream that you have to start showing the universe, like you're putting your money where your mouth is and not squashing that dream because it doesn't sound like the big dream yet. So I think there's so much like looking on Instagram and we only see what five careers on there. And then if your small passion and your small interest doesn't fit into one of those, you're like, well, it can't be that. And so for me, the big grip is easier to let go of the grip when you see your own excellence, like coming out of you every day. And then you start to trust it more and more. It's not going to be easy the first day. But one of the things that's really stuck with me from my childhood, as my dad always said, like, you know, I can give you so many things, but I can't give you the self-esteem and the confidence that comes from making a contribution, feel like you made a contribution every day. That's not something anyone can pass down, right? No matter how lucky you grow up or any of that stuff. And I think that's true. I think what really helps us feel more trusting and more aligned and more all these things is watching you flex your gifts. I don't think receiving is just something you can like mentally make yourself do unless you're like, I'm actually also giving. Mm -hmm. And we focus so much, we're so entitled. We focus so much on what we're receiving. We're not even thinking about the fact that we're here to share Mm -hmm. in whatever way that we're designed to share.
1: So true. Yeah, I love where you said about like, Where people try and be like pitch perfect with what they want and their purpose. Yeah. Because I feel like whenever we coach people for podcasting, you know, we'll hear like, what is your ultimate mission or desire? And it's so beautiful that people want to impact people in this way. Mm. But oftentimes I'm like, that's great. But like, what is your reason for why you are doing this? If no one ever listened, like, what would you get out of it? Mm. And I think we forget about that in the process where we kind of regurgitate what everyone else is saying as like a mission where we're like, I want to impact people or I want to you know, whatever it is. And we forget that, like, it should be something that fills us up and it should be something that serves us first to give us the ability to really stay in our hearts and give us longevity in what it is that we're doing and know that through our giving of our gifts that we're also receiving too, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. And I
3: think that's when you remember that you are the light because you're like, oh, look how much more came out of me and I'm cultivating it. And that's what builds that light in you and then wherever you go, because you've seen it and witnessed it come out of you, trusting that you're good enough is easier, trusting that you have value to give to others, trusting that you have a place in this world because you've shown yourself the evidence, not because you're blindly trusting. Yeah. And
2: I was going to say, for me, really finding the answer to that is, is to really focus on, do you love what you're doing every day? Or do you love the big picture idea of your career, your life, what you're bringing into the world? Because there's so many times in my life where I've looked at people who I really admire, like a Gabby Bernstein, for example, or Melissa Wood, and I still admire them so much. They're amazing. And I'm like, I want more of that. But then I think about the daily life, and I don't know about their daily life, but for me, if I was like a speaker and doing all these live events, that's not the life I actually want. Mm. So what I really enjoy that they bring into the world is the energy, the way that they impact people, the way that they're speaking their truth. Gabby writes it so flawlessly, Melissa speaks it so flawlessly. So then I think, okay, well for me, what I really like to do in my daily life is have a lot of alone time, be with my baby, not host a lot of live events, but when I do, really do them sparingly so that I can really enjoy them. But it's not something that I wanna be doing every weekend. And everyone told me for years, you should get a speaking coach and you should do a TED Talk. There's so many things you could do a TED I Talk love on. love people give suggestions um, of what to do. i like, 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 I can't what? tell you how many people said you should do a TED Talk and a TV show and all the things. Someone said you should and, apply
1: for Discovery Plus shows to me the other day. Oh, my I'm God. Like,
2: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, right. And if it's the right thing, then it'll be resonant within <gasps> you. But I was always like a TED Talk. I mean, yes, I'd be challenging myself way out of my comfort zone. And there's something to be said for how awesome it is to challenge yourself and show yourself that you can do things that you might not have thought that you wanted to do. But right now, and if this ever changes, you guys will know right now, that's not what I want to do because my daily life, I just want peace. I want joy I want to be with my husband my baby my friends I want time to go to hot yoga it's the end of February and I haven't even been this year to hot yoga and you guys know it's like the language of my soul Mm -hmm. so for me it's blending being a person in the world who has a big career who has a reach but my personal life is so sacred and my personal life got no attention for so long and hence comes the anxiety and what I really love about anxiety, not to keep bringing it up, is that anxiety, it's just truth. It's like the truth that emerges in your body to be like, stop it right now. Mm-hmm. Like, stop what you're doing and reroute yeah. or tell the truth. Powerful. So, Yeah, I think like to answer your question for loosening the grip, for me, it's like, oh, my dream life is riding by the ocean every day to work toward those books, the fiction, the memoir. And that's going to take like a little bit of a leap of faith of courage for me because that's not what I do every
3: day, but it can be. Mm -hmm. And so that's the advice that I would give to anyone. It's so brilliant to like also structure your day how in a way that makes your daily life feel fun. I think that that took me a long time. You guys are masters of that. It took me a long time. Yeah, you've really done that well. Thank you. But it took me a long time to figure out like I don't like waking up at 6 a.m. I like more sleep than most people. This is the amount of time I like to work like you're just asking yourself those questions like what do I want to fill my daily experience with how much of this is too much and the dosage of different things instead of again like shunting ourselves into these homogenized Mm -hmm. if I want y firstly I should want y and then that means I need to do x to get it and follow the formula and do a discovery plus thing because but then it makes you a robot you've lived your whole life on some kind of trying to get guarantees instead of prioritizing your alignment and then the unknown, the universe is going to have its way with you anyway. (laughs) Totally. It's like a waste of a life. It is. Carl
1: Jung talks about, it's this quote that, I don't remember the quote, but basically the summary is that if the path ahead of you is clear, then you're following someone else's blueprint and like your path should not be clear for you. Like your path should be unknown, should be something that you don't have like a full idea of. And I think so many of us live so much online and in social media, and I'm guilty of this as well, that we look at everyone else's blueprints and paths and we're like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the TV show. Mm. I'm going to do the TED Talk because I'm in the public space and I speak. Mm. And it's like, is that something that is true to you and your soul? Or Mm. is that something that is what other people are doing and kind of makes sense for your career? And I was thinking a lot about your writing and the book and what I love to talk about with people that we work with is like, so many people get so mad at themselves for not doing something, you know, for not starting the podcast, for not writing the book, for not doing the thing. And it's like, what if mm. you were waiting for the perfect time for it and trusting that that's actually what's happening, not anything else. It's not you avoiding it. It's not you, blah, blah, blah. It's like the energy is will come to you and you will know and it will lock in. And I feel like that with my relationship transition or even our book that we're writing, it's like, It Literally, the energy just came in. It was like, all right, this needs to happen. This needs to happen. And if I would have rushed my process with either of those, it wouldn't have happened so organically and beautifully and naturally as it did. And I have so much gratitude for that. And it's given me so much confidence in the universe and myself to be like, okay, I can move when called. I can move when Mm -hmm. I have clarity.
2: I'm so glad you're saying that because I've been thinking that so much lately as in the last four months. I've transformed as a person. I think you guys can probably attest to that. Not only becoming a mom, but everything I've learned from my own mental health journey the last four or five months has to be not only in the book, it is the book. Mm. And now I can thank myself from last year and all these previous years because it wasn't the time. And, you know, there's many iterations of this book. They live on my computer and the journals and the places. So all those ideas will come to fruition, but it wasn't the time. Yeah. And the universe always knows.
3: I think you know as well inside which parts of you are blocking it versus which parts of you just need to trust that you're just rushing the process because we want to rush everything all the time. (laughs) I feel the same way on like a completely different topic where maybe some of your listeners know, but I've been basically without a home like a physical home for years. And at the end of last year, I was so focused on like, I need to buy this home, I need to get this home. And then when I tuned into my actual soul, I was like, do I actually want that? Or do I just think that I want that because that's the kind of life that we think we need to have. Like I need to take off the career, I need to have the home, I need to have the kids by this age and be married and this and that. And I was like, well, you know what? I have enough trust in the universe that like what you said, when i actually really truly feel that want and i want a home it will come in so is all my worrying about it before then completely useless and moot anyway and so right now i sit in the truth that okay i'm actually happy not having one for today and that's all i need to know mm-hmm. and there's a an incredible amount of peace that comes with that because you do trust like if a home is not meant for me i i could probably handle it and the universe will help me handle it and if the day that I, it wants me to have a home, I will often think about that, like, do our wants and our manifestations come from us? Or is that the way the universe is, like, dropping it in before it's, before it's going to give it to us? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So why we're we trying to force all these things when they don't actually come from inside, from the heart, I'm actually fine without having a home for now, you know? I think yeah. the home is a co- was a collective consciousness that was visiting a
1: lot of us. Because I remember end of last year, maybe it was last year or in the past couple of years, I've been home obsessed. I'm like, I need a home. I need a home. Me too. I don't know if it was basically 2020 and 2021 being such transformational years Mm. and the whole collective being so ungrounded and moving around and so much energy shifting around. And people were like looking for homes or at home Mm. or it was like... Where can I find safety and shelter because the world feels so crazy? I don't know what it was, but I feel like we were obsessed. 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 (laughs) I would just be 24-7 looking for homes. I
2: still am. And it is a collective consciousness thing for sure. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to let go of it more. Yeah. And I have actually because then I ask myself, why don't I love – I do love where I live. So what am I obsessing about this so much for? For me, there's so many benefits to where I live, Mm. even though it's an apartment and I have a husband and a baby. And so like the space is a little crowded. But a lot of the houses that I look at in L.A. are not that much bigger than the square footage than we actually have in our apartment now. And my parents live upstairs and it's Mm. so helpful. Mm. So I ask myself all the time. beautiful. Mm. Thank you. And so is yours. Why am I trying to rush this? Because Mm. probably never again will my parents live basically with us. I hope they do. But we would have to find a pretty big house with a pretty nice guest house. Anyway, it's like, just take it one day at a time.
1: Yeah. I sometimes like to think of my life as like a story. So it's like thinking about my future self, reflecting back on my life and the story. And it helps me sort of romanticize where I'm at a little bit where I can be like, oh my gosh, remember that chapter? You know what I mean? Where I was in that house and I lived by this Mm -hmm. and I did this and I hung out with these people and I was experiencing this thing. It's like, It provides just this like levity to it. And I almost had like a British accent because I I I hear you say levity. I was like, levity. I I I love it. I was like, levity. Let the tease in, (laughs) baby. Yes. Because you say levity. And uh, yeah, it just helps me just be more playful with things rather than being like, I'm stuck in this place here forever. It's like, this is a chapter that I'm in. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Nothing is forever. Yes. yes. But we tell ourselves it is just Mm -hmm. because you haven't found the house yet or the neighborhood. It's not forever. And what a beautiful chapter.
3: Yeah. It's just sometimes when you're low, I think that voice comes in of like, whatever your sob story is, that's when you kind of have to, Well, that's when I have to be like, this is not how we feel about things in life in general. This is just <laughs> you having a low moment. But my brain always goes. And now I know that's where it goes. So I'm like, okay come down the ledge, like just Mm -hmm. get off your soapbox, because mine will be like, I don't have a place to put my belongings. Mm -hmm. And I took 19 flights in lockdown. Listen, the ego is so well versed. Mm -hmm. It's like the biggest genius Mm -hmm. of all time. So it's (laughs) going to give you like all the spin, you know, but then when you tune into the heart, you're like, oh, actually, there's probably what you're saying about your house, like there's benefits to being in the situation that you're in. So it wouldn't be that way if you weren't also getting some kind of benefit from it otherwise you'd get to the point where you were like there was really nothing good coming of it and then you'd have the incentive to do something about it right so there is that kind of I guess it's like the same thing as like the addict that goes to rehab 20 times before they're ready and then when they're finally done they're done and then that's it It doesn't take any thought or any effort it's just like I'm done no Mm -hmm. more it's crazy how that just things click in yeah like it is so that's what I've learned I think
1: in the past year the most and I mentioned it a little before is just my soul has its own agenda for my life. And like when it wants something or when it wants to move or when it wants to transition or when it, it just, it clicks in and the self-trust that I have in that now. And it doesn't mean that it's like the click-in is always easy. It doesn't mean that the click-in like clicking in a million dollars. It's like clicking in something like a new version of me or a new energy. And, you know, my hope and wish is that more people could Have that experience that I've had and I've had so many times of trying to force something to click in and it not, and like it being like not a fit, but when you actually have a truth click in, it's such a beautiful and that means it could be painful, could be hard experience. Like in my relationship, in the transition of our relationship with Justin and I, it's like I had to have that click in for myself and I'm so grateful for both of you because you know, you guys were with me in the journey and the process of it and not rushing me. And I think that was really painful for a few friendships that I have. Sometimes you can see the future for people. You can really see clearly what people's shadow is more than they can see. And so just being present, like where am I today with things and what part of the journey am I in? And am I still in the really trying? Am I still in the really exploring? Am I still in the really whatever? It's like I had to wait until my click-in happened to make my decision. And if I was rushed, it would have prevented me from being in the process of building more
3: confidence that I was really, really in, you know? Yeah. Firstly, I needed to hear that today. So thank you about the click-in. And second is I think when you do wait until it's clicked in is when you don't go back on your old bad habits or commitments, or I'm not saying back to a person necessarily, but back to old ways that you would have showed up and stuff or people that start a diet every Monday or whatever until the click happens. And then you're not going back.
0: Okay. Small daily actions, Ah, they just make a big difference. And I just cannot emphasize this enough. It creates this cascade effect and honestly, a snowball effect. (laughs) So one begets the next really great positive small action, but it almost has like a bigger impact as the day, as the week goes on. Um, And I'm just someone who very much believes in this, whether you're like smiling at a stranger, or maybe you wake up a little bit earlier to practice your meditation, or maybe read part of the book that you're loving, uh, or maybe you integrate a healthy habit like taking a probiotic, which is something that I've been doing for... A few years now, I've been taking Seeds DSO one daily symbiotic and I love it. And I've just noticed that this is the catalyst at the beginning of the day for a ton of healthy choices that I make. Um, And I've noticed a difference when I don't take it. shipping to your door to when you put it in your body, all the way through your GI tract, um, all without synthetic or chemical coatings. Um, and this was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics in the microbiome. They are the best in the space. Um, So I just, I trust them and I've experienced incredible results. So trust your gut with Seed's DSO1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash almost and use the code 25almost to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash almost. The code is 25almost.
1: I know you mentioned you've changed a lot in four months and we've seen it. And I think we've all changed like in such beautiful ways. So I'd love to talk a little bit about how we've changed over the past year or the past couple months. And what is this new version of us feel like?
2: Yeah. Well, it's very relevant to what you're saying about the click-in. Really, I'm sitting here thinking, I think that's what finally happened for me. I'm actually having this image as you're talking about it. Atticus has my baby has this little water cup and you have to like turn the lid, turn the lid. It's very hard to click it in. And as his mom, you know, I do this every day. And when it does click, it's so satisfying. And that's like my visual for what you're saying right now. And I feel like that's finally happened for me. And that's why I can talk about this rock bottom with excitement because a rock bottom, as our friend Lacey Phillips says, is really an invitation to change your ways. And so for me, I think it finally clicked back in November that the way that I've been doing things just isn't working anymore, which makes sense because I'm a mom now, I have a 14-month-old, and I have a very full work life, social life, married life, family life, and something's got to give. At some point, I've also been healing from a chronic illness for six or seven years, and so there's just not enough. Space on the plate, really. And that really hit me in November. I did a lot of psychedelic therapy with ketamine, which we can talk about on a whole other day. And I can be really grateful for the ketamine because it helped me see. And actually, I can say I can be really grateful for my subconscious because it tapped me into something that was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> I'm really running from my soul, even though. My life from the outside is like this beautiful life. And even on the inside, it's a beautiful life. But I know that when people see my life and they see this fun podcast and I get to go into the studio and I get to talk to people who inspire me so much, and then I get to go on trips with my friends and we're getting paid by brands and all that kind of stuff. It's really wonderful. And it's, it's not that I don't want that that I need space for everything else so with that rock bottom I had to ask myself how am I gonna make these changes how am I gonna actually make these changes and not be the person who next week every Monday you know I'm gonna like actually be a different person but then I had a little bit more of a decline mentally where I was like oh god no okay I had like all these positive changes on the docket waking up earlier exercising every day And then even though I coach people through this on my own podcast, I'm like, oh, shit, like I I committed to way too much too fast. And again, I'm even more overwhelmed. So I started back in therapy and I've had therapists on and off my whole life, but I hadn't had a therapist in about six years. So for me, that's a huge change because it's actually making the decision that I do trust someone to share the inner workings of my soul with, and I don't have to do this all alone, trusting the universe and also just trusting that if I make these changes now, it's going to set me up for the future that I want, you know, with my family, my career. So I hope that answers the question. I know it's pretty long-winded, but I've changed so much, and, and those are
1: some of the reasons why. This is the thing. It's like, changed so much, but also still changing right you know and also still who I've always been yes isn't that weird I think about that with my like you guys have friends from when you're really young too like your best friends from home or whatever and I'm just like wow I'm so like everyone would look on the outside like I'm so different but at my essence like I look at pictures of myself or I look at things that I did or things that I said like my little journals when I was younger I'm like oh my god I'm still me at my essence I'm still that Girl, at my essence which is so beautiful that we have that
3: you know what I mean it's comforting yes mm-hmm. what about you biz oh gosh I think maybe some like little things as they're kind of coming up I I don't even know if I have the answer to that it's so weird because I don't really think about it in the in such a I guess maybe nothing biggest like if you'd asked me two years ago I'd be like mm-hmm. I gave up my home I ended an engagement so I don't have like a big thing but I guess I've learned a lot of I think I've grown... I have had to grow up a lot. Just in terms of things that were my... um, I guess things that I could afford to like skip over or not do properly. And I have really learned to like cross every T and dot every I. Just in like life, specifically business. Because having to work with other people means that... You do have to be more responsible for your part of things. You do have to go through stuff. I think when it's your own business... You can just kind of, I'm very like off the cuff and just very last minute and very spontaneous. And as much as that's fine for it to be me, if it's just me that it's affecting, I've had to learn that other people have processes that I need to honor and be respectful of and not just kind of like, oh, they don't know what they're doing or, you know, just discard that. It's like another level of respect that I've learned. And it is just, I always comes back to human design for me because it's that framework of yes you have to be your individual self and yes you have to buck where the world is trying to you know homogenize you but at the same time we're all bumping up against each other and so you also have to and this is another Kabbalistic teaching is like do whatever it takes to preserve people's human dignity so when you do have to have a conflict and traditionally i always ran from conflict right when you start working with people or living with people or becoming closer to people you have to be able to as they say speak your truth but you also have to always give people the benefit of the doubt the belief in their innocence the belief in their human dignity rather than this like character assassination or a boundary means you're wrong and I'm right and you're taking advantage of me and all this noise and this whatever and I think I intellectually knew these things but this for me was a year where I really got to practice the art of the middle where it's like I can say things that I would previously feel would make me, you know, a terrible person just for speaking up or saying I wasn't okay with something, but being able to do it in a way that was kind and still straight. And that's been a really fun thing to learn how to do because you're like, oh, there's this other thing in the middle that no one has scripted for me, but I can kind of like find my own groove with it and it's not going to be anyone else's groove, but I'm really enjoying it, you know? And it, again, it makes you feel more proud of yourself because you're like, oh, okay, I can do this with an elegance and a grace that makes me proud of the way I'm showing up. But also stretching an edge that for me isn't normally like an edge that I am i don't normally like speaking up about anything. And then I hold it all inside and then it all comes out and it comes out of nowhere, you know? So that's like traditionally my pattern. So that's been really it's fun. Huge. It's been really fun. That's the thing. I think our mind likes to think like, okay, how have I changed in the year?
1: It's like the ego things or like the easily understood things where you're like breakup, move, job, you know, whatever. But it's like the changes, those very nuanced things Mm -hmm. of like, I and I relate to that. And I think we talked a little bit about this on your podcast, but being able to be more in healthy tension, Mm -hmm. like we were talking about today, like with people or conversations or things where it's like, oh, I can feel comfortable with like the voices that are talking and knowing that it's not the truth, but also loving that aspect of ourselves. So if we're thinking about internal family systems or just the aspects of self, it's like, oh, I have something that someone that's talking or feels abandoned or feels Mm. slighted or whatever. It's like, okay, loving that aspect, but also knowing that there's a broader truth Mm -hmm. that exists. And whether that's a conversation with someone or whether that's just an inner dialogue, It's like that has been a really big place for me for growth and having that as like a business owner and like leaders for both of you to be able to work with those voices and still know the truth or still know that there's like the love or there's the heart there's huge. Mm. And I think for me being able to be more in communication with people that I love or people in my life about what is true for me or what's coming up or yeah, what is not the perfect thing Or what is like not the ideal version I have of myself that exists to be this person that's perfect? Like what is the not perfect thing? What is the more human thing? What is the more like tender thing? And what I'm really working on now I think if I think about for the future is like being okay with disappointing people a little bit more. And not feeling like I have to just spin my wheels all the time to like always be a version of someone that people are going to love or people are going to respect and being okay with me be even the tension of like disappointing myself or disappointing other people but still loving myself through the process because i think for so long i would try and be so much for so many people and i would just be kind of living my life with the agenda of holding the perception that i was like perfect mm-hmm. you know and so i was like okay how can i be perfect for this person in this relationship and these people and this 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 this, this and this and it's like whoa what if it's not perfect what if it's just you Which means like disappointing, which means the more human, which means the more like the crunch, you know, every once in a while, or like the the stickiness of of just being a human that is bumping up against people.
3: Yeah, but imagine what a gift you get to be if you play a divine role in someone else's. If your edge sticks into someone, and we all understand that that's not personal, then again, we're playing a role in all of us coming to our destiny and and perfecting who we are as human beings. So. And Jordan, I think you're amazing at this when you're like not okay with like a brand coming to you or when someone offers you something that you know is like, to me anyway, you seem so just calm when you do it and you're so happy like saying no. And so I think sometimes it's helpful to see, oh, where you're okay, disappointing people I'm not and I can learn from you and you know what I mean? Totally. totally. And it's nice. We actually three have different things with that. Yeah, I was
2: That's just gonna so fascinating. both inspire me in those different areas where it's really hard for me to say no jenna definitely like Uh i feel like maybe interpersonally and you just don't deal with as much shit as krista and i like put on ourselves the codependency Mm -hmm. or just trying to please everyone or trying to go back to something that wasn't very healthy maybe a friendship like so many times so many times where i feel like you jenna are more like you don't really have space for you're
1: that mm, to begin
2: with. And then, Krista, you do it in business. I mean, mm. like, you're so strong in business and in ways that you can speak to your audience and, yeah, just kind of show up with, like, this this generator that lives mm. inside of you, this mm. energy that I really admire. And so for me, that's something that I take from both of you because interpersonally, I'm still learning to really to not revert into that people pleaser. And that would be another way that I've changed in the last four, or six months, which is just like, oh, no, it finally clicked. I have to put myself first. And I think it has something to do with being a mother and then just seeing like how I want to raise my son and my future kids and the life that I want him to have. I got to be this like sturdy mom Mm -hmm. and a grounded mom who can regulate her nervous system and all these things that I'm learning how to do now.
3: Yeah. But you're amazing at it in so so many other ways. So it's like, oh, we can observe each other and see, you know, it's not, I'm a super strong person in this, in every area. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. when we try to like describe our personality... like oh no I'm I'm good at it in some places and I'm not good at it in other places and it's really cool to see how other people do it because then you're like oh I can kind of like feel into the energy of how Jordan does it with a brand or whatever and I'm like okay how would that if I try that on how would that look for me and so we all like pull each other along I think yeah Yeah, it's like getting outside the story
1: too because I think the ego loves the stories of it you know whether it's a brand or whether it's in a friendship or relationship it's like what's the story if I say this they're going to abandon me or they're going to be mad at me. Mm. Or if I tell the brand this, I'm never going to be able to work with brands again. I think when people are really good at, at being that clear or being that direct, it's like they
3: the story's kind of gone yeah. around it. You know what I yeah. mean? You know what else I think about a lot, which really helps me is what has helped me grow is always uncomfortable feelings. So to hand people back their uncomfortable feelings instead of try to take them away from them all the time, A, that's not my job. B, I can't ever guarantee that I can do that but it's allowing people complete agency and preserving their agency with them so if I'm happy with the way I've acted in something which completely different if I'm like okay I didn't like the way I said that or I want to apologize for this or let me relieve my whatever as long as I'm happy with the way I acted and I made myself proud if someone else feels guilt for that or feels codependent or feels needy or feels attached what a great thing for them to sit in if I'm depriving them of that It's literally slowing down their growth. And sometimes you have to, even if they're whatever, even if they're not good at sitting with uncomfortable feelings, even if they're not on a spiritual path, it's like one more cog in the wheel of there will be a number of times that they will have to feel that same negative feeling that will switch them over the edge because that's the only thing that's ever changed me. So that's really something that helps me is like, that's what allows people to see their patterns. If enough people have said something to them of like, I don't want to be responsible for your this. You know, maybe they're deaf the first time and you say it and they're going to take it all out on you. But maybe if they, if 20 people say that to them, they might be like, oh, and so what a beauty to play a part in that journey of someone else is like uncomfortable feelings is what changes us. Mm-hmm. We have to stop trying to take them away from people. Mm-hmm. It's not our job. That was my whole job growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that Mind was my you. whole subconscious job <laughs> growing up.
1: I was like, let me take all of this on (laughs) and became just a little depressed girl. Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed with depression at a very, very young age because I was trying to process all the emotions and feelings at my Mm -hmm. household. Like that was like my responsibility. That was what I was Mm -hmm. here for. And it's, yeah, it's so exhausting and it is such a gift for people. And I think a lot of that is done psychically. Yeah. You know, and I think you do that really well and I could learn more from that. It's like It's not just done in conversation of like, you know, that's yours, not mine. You know, it's like, it's just very psychic. Like even the other day when we had a situation, all of us, where something was happening and we were afraid someone would be mad. And it's like, you were just like, you know, no, that's not, we're not doing this. Like where we were freaking out, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. We were freaking out about something and we were like, oh my gosh, they're going to be mad, blah, blah, blah. And you were just like, no, that's actually not mine. Like Mm -hmm. that's not, we're not going to do this. And it's just that clarity around that and that giving it back to the person as theirs to process and not something that makes us bad
3: or wrong or something that's like our responsibility. But at the same time, it's happened to me enough times that I was able to, in the moment, say, oh, hold on, Jens, like, I see you trying to do your thing, (laughs) your codependent thing, but... Don't try and take this on, but that wouldn't have happened to me the first time. I would have felt that feeling. Do you see what I mean? Yes. So now that it's happened to me hundreds of times, I was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> wait a <That's> second. <laughs> gonna stop that one in its tracks.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm finally getting better at doing that too. Mm-hmm. Because I was, well, you did it that well, day too. I did, mm-hmm. but yeah.
1: like normally, you yes. did it good. I, I was, was on the verge. Of of I definitely <laughs> felt bad, and I, you know, because I, I was had a on people, which is a whole nother. True. Podcast.
2: And I mean, yeah, I can relate to that too. I was feeling a bit of it. And then I was just like, you know what? I literally have bigger stuff to deal with right now in my own mind. So that's not entering my mind. Mm So bye to that. And that's been really (laughs) freeing. (laughs) Because normally all I ever do is worry about other people and how they might be feeling or how might they be feeling about me. So yeah, that was Mm -hmm. big.
3: Yeah. And so what a gift to just be able to be like, if you feel uncomfortable because of what I've done or said, and but I'm okay with it. I mean, listen, I was obviously, I did something wrong that day, which I wasn't super happy with, which is weird. No, are but there. as in, like, yes. I don't love being late for yes. people. Yes. Do you know totally. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, what's the pot that you can actually look mm-hmm. at? Yeah. Huge. I hate being late.
1: And I was very late yeah. as well. I'm I hate being late. It. <laughs> Literally, it's a, this is an annoying thing to say, but in Los Angeles, everyone is 15 minutes late. Yeah. When I lived in New York, I mean, the anxiety I would have would fuel a nation for mm-hmm. being late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, literally, like, would fuel a whole nation. Like, you were not know. late. And here it's like, wow, well, everybody's always
3: late.
2: I yeah. know. It's because if you're crossing town, it's just so unpredictable. Yeah, yeah like, totally. Your map will always tell you it's going to be 30 minutes, but then it's going to yeah. be 50 minutes. Yeah. And that's kind of what happens. So unless yes. you're one of those people who leaves enough time mm-hmm. yeah. for everything to change, and then you like get there early, then
1: you're not going to be on time. I also don't – it's like I kind of want a time to be. like I'm like, oh, I want this to be 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm like, please be 20 minutes. And it's like 50. I'm like, damn it. I, I wanted know. it to be 20 years. <laughs> we call that inventing
3: time. Honestly, in my household, we call that inventing time. I Because everyone that. invents time. I, I mean, do it all the well, time. It took us five minutes to get there. Yes. We're like, what do you mean? Do we'll, we'll do it. Yes. Yes. Sometimes I'll have
1: meetings where I'm like, it's Thursday at 1. And they're like, no, it's absolutely not. I'm like, I <laughs> wanted it to be Thursday <laughs> at 1. <1." laughs> I'm inventing times a lot. I want to do a last question just on the heart and being in the heart. Because it's something that we're all trying so much to do. And you guys have the biggest hearts, like the most pure hearts and you guys have helped me so much be in my heart and I think the fact that you guys love me the most when I'm in my heart is something that I just mean so much to me um and so I'd love to talk a little bit about that like being in the heart and maybe your journey with it or maybe your advice for people that want to live more from that heart space
2: such a good question I mean let me think about that for a second to live from the heart, I think, honestly, my goal my whole life is to, is to live from the heart, even as a child, even though I didn't know what that meant when I was a kid. I just didn't understand, you know, doing things that you're not passionate about or... Of course, this gets crossed with other people's emotions and stuff, which is why I probably became so codependent and started to feel everyone's hearts and psychic energies... So now, now that I'm older, I think it really comes from a place of self-love and being able to take care of yourself so that you can come into your friendships and your work life and your relationships as the whole version of yourself. So it's a daily practice. It's something that we work on, I work on every single day. And I think I could be definitely better about like knowing when it's a day that maybe I haven't given that to myself. And so to go out into the world is not going to be the highest version of myself. And again, you know, we're all hard on ourselves. But I think that's something I'm learning now. Like I'm different. I'm different than I used to be. I'm different than other people that I know. So I need a little bit more of that self-love and self-care and that downtime before I can give my whole heart to the people that I love.
3: I think that we live in a world that is conditioned to Make us live in the head, so according to logic and processes and fact, and I think living with the heart is trusting that there is ninety percent of the world is unseen and mystical and not knowable and ineffable, and so the heart is really just jumping into the unknown number one, just doing what you're like moved to do, something that really gets you like feelings, right? The second thing is I think the reason why we don't do it is because there's a lot more flux and flow than there is if you're trying to live your life by a formula. So for me, you know, my prayer is always like, let there be nothing that I can't say to myself about myself that I'm not okay with. So if I'm feeling whatever, angry, depressed, annoyed, irritable, that's how you live in it, though. It's like you have to listen to all of its messages and actually every message is here to help you, right? Because it's based on something, helps you know yourself better, helps you change your life, helps you show up different helps you give yourself what you actually need. So living with the heart is, is being okay with genuinely where you are and, and having that conversation with that rather than just trying to default to being up in the head and being like, okay, well, what do I need to do? And what do I this and what do I that? It's going a level deeper and saying, what's going on? That I can't make sense of, that I maybe can't explain, that whatever. What is the truth of how I'm feeling in this moment? And then the answer of how to then move comes from that rather than moving from the head first and leaving the heart behind. And the third thing that I'll add is being a loving person, someone that gives without waiting for it to be given to you first or without waiting for a guarantee that the person's going to give it to you is almost a selfish thing for me because I prefer being a person. My experience of my life is better when I'm more giving and loving. So I'm not doing it for other people, but you do it so that your heart is like, the most bubbly front part of your team. You know what I mean? When you put the heart first, I think everything else feels better anyway. So it's like, give that person the hug. Be the sweet thing. Like, do the reach. Just be mushy. You know what I mean? Life just feels better when you're mushy. (laughs) It just is, you know? Because you feel better about, oh, I can really be this kind of dream person that I dreamt of being. And sometimes people aren't going to get it. And sometimes people aren't going to like it. And sometimes people will reject you. But you'll just be like, Oh, well, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm feeling mushy me again. Again, anyway. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's hard to deny someone when they're in their heart. Like if someone approaches you from the heart, it's really hard to not shift or not notice a shift. And even on Valentine's Day, this is just a situation that I was so blown away by when you reached out and you were just like, how are you doing? And I, I was like working all day. I don't even know what I was doing. I was just like, fine. Like in my head, I'm like, I'm fine. Like I was like all day. I'm like, I'm crushing. Like I just feel fine. Like it's all good. And then you asked me that and I was like so emotional. It was like something woke up in me or something shifted where I was like, whoa, I did not see this truth of that. It's not like I wasn't okay, but there was a lot there that was not, that I had not invited to speak or I had not invited to be seen. And it was crazy that, you know, when people you love, you talk to people you love and that you feel safe with can how they can invite you into the heart. And yeah. it is so powerful. I was like, "Whoa, that was a huge invitation for me into the heart." I was just like bawling. I'm like, "Whoa, this was a moment for oh. me." It was and you guys have both done that for me in so many ways of invitation to the heart and invitation to the mush and invitation to like the truth of where we are beneath us trying to be okay, which is kind of what we talked about at the beginning. Like, how are we just pretending? How are we just like bypassing the soul or the feelings or the emotions or the mush or the heart because we're living so much in the head and we're living so much in the idea of who we are supposed to be Mm -hmm. instead of what we actually are.
3: Yeah. My whole childhood, I was so rigid and so closed down and so stoic in the wrong way growing up British and unemotional and all that kind of thing and then going through my breakup breaking up my engagement two three years ago now was a thing where I just was like you know what actually what we want is to feel how we want to feel it's not about all the other stuff and so I was like you know what maybe she's not gonna like this you know maybe she's gonna be fine but it's like it's just...
1: Your message to me? Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. What if I was like, I don't
1: like this? <laughs> yeah, no, but as in, like, you so, know,
3: sometimes you don't, it's a sensitive totally. topic and whatever. But, you know, if people don't like it, then they're just, they're in a different place in their journey. But with you guys mm-hmm. and people who are your safe spaces, just, like, be the one that you taught me about entrainment. Mm-hmm. Like, be the one that starts the, the train, and you'll be surprised at how many people meet you there, mm-hmm. you know? It's so true. We just fear getting rejected. Mm-hmm. That's And I had that moment where I was like, She's she going to think I'm, like, prying or... Oh, my God. I you know what I mean? Never... Like, but we do that. Yeah, yes. totally. We worry about not belonging and getting totally. rejected. That's why we close the heart down. Mm-hmm. Yes. So which true. is so
1: real. And I, yeah, I struggle with that in my mind of, like, the fear of being rejected or the mm-hmm. fear of being abandoned or, like, what if I say this and they don't meet me? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. we all have that. And so it's not like being in the heart is
3: always... Easy. It's, no. it can be scary. Yeah. You know it's
1: hard. Yeah. It's definitely
2: hard. I know. I think that all the time when I want to check in on people. Mm-hmm. And then I and then I, I usually do. But when I don't, it's because I'm like, nah, you don't want to mm-hmm. bother them. Yeah. What if they're just doing fine and they just mm-hmm. think you're being, you know, making too big of a deal out of what they're going through? But I think, at least from my perspective, it's always appreciated anytime someone asks how you're doing, even if it's out of the blue. I mean, I think with most heart-centered people, it's always
1: so appreciated. Yeah. I appreciate it so much because I'm someone that I think puts on the front that I'm all good because I can be so in the mind and I can be so in whatever. And so I think I intimidate people that I'm close to because they feel like I'm all good and I have it all together and whatever. And it's like, it's so important for me to be met by people that remind me about the heart and remind me about... The feeling behind things, because I can really like bypass, Mm -hmm. you know, myself Mm -hmm. sometimes, and just kind of be, you know, not allowing of things. So I love you guys. Love you. I Love love you. Thank you for having us. It was so special. It was so beautiful. Thank Thank you for letting me pour out my (laughs) heart. All right, guys. We love you. Love you. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you so much, Jenna. Thank you, Jordan. Again, Jenna's at Jenna Zoe
0: on Instagram. And Jordan is at the Balanced Blonde. Thank you all for listening. We love and appreciate you. Honored to be supporting you on your path. Make sure to visit almost30.com. You can check out our membership, which is open at any time. You can check out our signature programs like the Life Edit and the Sacredness of Being Single and the Law of One and so much more. We're so happy you're here and we'll see you on the next one. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.